aka Dougie, back again with another episode of A Session with Dougie, the podcast. I'm sorry if I don't sound too excited for this one. Uh, we're here to talk about um, what's been going on in the world. Um, it's hard to overstep it. Um, it's hard for me to give you any updates that would be uh, more relevant or more prevalent uh, than what's been going on right now. Um, if you haven't noticed, um, it all, well, it all didn't start, but the, the turn towards where we are today all started um, with the initial um, murder, and we're just going to get right into it, um, the initial uh, murder of um, Ahmad Arbery, who was killed by two white men who decided to play community cop um, and chase him down while he was on a run and ended up killing him. Um, and then a little bit after that, uh, there was another case of Brianna Taylor, who was asleep in her own house when the cops knocked down her own, the wrong door, knocked down the door to her house, which happened to be the wrong door, um, before they came in and she was shot about eight, I think it was eight times, um, while she slept in her bed. And her boyfriend was also arrested initially and charged for shooting at the cops, who he had no idea was was in his house. He had no idea the cops were in his house. Again, they knocked on the wrong door. And at the end of the day, his um, girlfriend, uh, Brianna Taylor, was killed. And then finally, um, I guess the the straw that broke the camel's back uh, was the uh, brutal, uh, can't call it anything other than murder, of George Floyd. Um, and I believe we all saw the video of him um, getting his neck kneeled on um, for longer than eight minutes. I mean, he wasn't even conscious for about two and a half, uh, three of those minutes. And now, uh, it's, it's an uproar. Um, I've never seen in my lifetime, something of this magnitude. I mean, we've seen the protest, we've seen, uh, people speaking out. And to this day, uh, we haven't for the most part, seen any justice being taken against these cops and these three stories aren't the first cases um we we see it all the time frankly but the video of george floyd um really really sent the country into an up uproar and right rightfully so um we shouldn't be afraid um of the people that are supposed to you know protect and serve us and what we're seeing today is basically the country, in my opinion, showing its true self. Um, we are, have a lot of the closet racists coming out. Um, we have the police who are supposed to be serving and protect, protecting, protecting us, specifically um, our right to protest, our tear gassing protesters, um, hitting them with rubber bullets straight in the face. I've seen countless, countless photos of people having their eyes just they get shot with these rubber bullets and their eyes explode. Um, I've seen cops kneel with protesters just to just two seconds later or minutes later, tase them and abuse them. And it's something we're going to talk about today in this episode. And I figured it was a good one. Oh, yes. Yes. My guess is correcting me. Um, tear gas, pepper spray, um, protesters. I've even seen them. Literally, I just saw a video yesterday of protesters that were trapped on a bridge. Um, they didn't let them let them go either way, and all they did was dump tear gas and rubber bullets into the crowd. So, 
I figured today is a good time. I mean, we're we're not going to I'm not going to post the episode at this time without talking about this. It would be absolutely ignorant to stay silent on a platform that I built for myself to be able to express these type of emotions. Um, are there people that may listen to this that I may lose some, uh, I guess, followers for? Maybe. But honestly, those are the type of people that we don't want supporting us anyway. Um, and I do. I do have a guest today. I'm not alone. Um, a lot of you guys liked him the last time he was on the podcast. I had an amazing feedback, and it was probably honestly one of the best episodes um, that I've done so far. Uh, I have my dad, my father, uh, Russell, back with us today. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? The people loved you, and we got you back, and you're perfect. Um, and one one reason I call my father perfect is because I have an older dad, and I have a father that's been through a lot, um, been through a lot, and we sit down and we have these talks all the time about just random stuff. I ask him about random things, and we could talk all day about it. And it's interesting to 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 compare how he grew up and how he witnessed things to how I'm witnessing things today. So I thought it'd be perfect um, to have him on the show and discuss some of the things he went through, discuss some of the things that are happening now, um, and just, yeah, just talk about everything. So thank you for being on the show. And of course, of course, we're going to be smoking too, and we're going to share a blunt over this. My pleasure, man. I Um, enjoyed doing this. This is educating your people. Yeah, so you, you, and usually you educate me. So now you get to educate everyone the way I do and I love having these talks with you because I'll sit there and I'm telling you he knows I'll sit there and ask a million questions um, well, that's how you learn that's, that's how you learn um, when I was coming up when I was your age we talked to what we call the elders uh, that was the guys that was older that been through life and experienced things and when they spoke we really listened because you have more leeway now than I did when I was your age. When I was your age, um, there was no rights for black people, people of color. Um, you could lose to a job. You lose a job to a guy that's white and couldn't read or write just simply because he was white. Um, that was the time when the first rebellions really started back in the sixties. Uh, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, the Black Panthers. Um, you could go through all these different groups, and each one of them had the same agenda, but a different way of going about it. And that's a good, and I'm going to stop you right there before we get caught. Let me write that down. Yeah, so before we get into that, I'm going to um, light this up, because what is the session with Dougie without, you know? So before we get too deep into it, um, I, I think it's best just for reference sake for us to mention, you know, when you were born and just to give people an idea of the timeline, um, how old you were and stuff like that. So you were born in 46, 1946, 1946. July 8th, 1946. And that was that was definitely before the civil rights movement. Oh, way before. The way civil before. Rights movement. At, at that point, there were still lynchings. Um, I mean, straight up, take a person of color to a tree, put a rope around his neck, and hang him to death. And, um, and not have to worry. No, no. The guys that blew that church up with the four young ladies in it and killed them, um, they went to trial with a white jury in a white town with their boys who were all Klansmen. 
and walked away scot-free. Um, that incident there was the one that really started getting people to understand that if we don't stick together somehow and make our needs known, it's, it's never going to be listened to. I mean, we've been doing this for 400 years. Uh, there is nothing in this country that is pro-people of color. Um, and, and that's that way even to today. You can see when you have police brutality, how often is it against a white person? Um, we see the clear differences and just the way, I mean, we, and it's easier now. One thing that we also have to our advantage is the ability to record things. And we're seeing stuff that happens across the world as opposed to, um, you were a little bit more limited. Like you didn't have a, a lot, lot, lot more a lot limited. more limited. You could do more with your telephone than we could do with everything we have, everything. Um, for one, there was no recording of a picture unless it was a picture. We didn't have something that could take a video. Uh, it just didn't exist. Uh, even with movie cameras, they were limited. Or film cameras that they did TV shows with because they were so big uh, and bulky that, you know, public use was very difficult. Yeah. The, but when you talk about videos, the very first one that really opened the eyes of white America, because when we're talking about racist America, we're not talking about a majority of America. You could look at the videos right now that all the riots that's going on and you do not see anywhere, any town, even somewhere like Atlanta where it's what you would say predominantly black. Uh, there's all races of people that's out here because the majority of America is not racist. But it's kind of like they would say, you know, the, the dog that barks the loudest is the one that you listen to. Doesn't mean it's a whole bunch of them. Um, Especially when the impacts, like the impacts of everything, of that one person can outweigh so many. Like we see the one, yes. the one bad cop. And we're not, and we're not saying like all cops are bad, obviously, but the one bad apple cop, the one cop that decided to kneel on his neck for that long, and then the ones around him as well because they're, they're liable as well. Those are the ones that decided to, you know, pretty much decided to take his life, and they're the ones that caused the uproar. Well, if you see the respect that the officer that had his knee on his neck had for human life, not white human life, black human life, just human life, he had his knee on his neck with his hand in his pocket and looking around like he was waiting for a bus to come. It had no emotional bearing on his decisions or anything like that. Um, this makes the police force look bad because the police force has to defend him. And they do. Now, there was four cops there. Not one. Four. four. And you're going to tell me the other three couldn't stop him? No. And he's uh, handcuffed. The dude is handcuffed on the ground. There's really no I, I need for that. any of this. That's because they have no respect for people of color's lives. 
they just have no respect for that. Um, this isn't something that's just started. You know, the people of color in this country are marginalized. You are categorized. You are, what is it, um, stereotyped. Yep. All right. So now you have 10 black people all dressed alike. Nine of them got a job. Nine of them support their families. Nine of them do everything it takes to try and have a decent life in this world. But you got one idiot in that group. And if he does something, they, white America, as far as racism, will look at all 10 and say that all 10 are that. Yep. Um, I've walked into stores and saw people follow me. But... Um, the one thing when I was younger, like now I have no hair, but when I was younger, I always had an afro or so. So that pretty much let... Uh, they see me, so they know the hair comes from somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and that just more or less would let people know what I was. Now and I tell them. I tell them right up front, you know. But... And let uh, me cut you off again, because you you had you did have a badass look um, back in your day. You had the afro, um, the choker, the... I did when I, when I was young. Your age, it was the coming of time when black people wasn't taking it no more. When I came out to military, my first job was with Bell Telephone. Very prejudiced outfit. It's extinct now. They was well, broke up. I'll put mm-hmm. it that way. It was a monopoly, but very racist. I would have foremen. My foreman would go behind every job I do and measure how far apart my staples was or, you know, ask the people, you know, was it respectful? And I was like, because I was black. Um, they would only send you to the poorest neighborhoods because they didn't want you going into certain areas that was predominantly white and you got to remember, I came out the military in 1968. Segregation was very strong. There was white neighborhoods and black neighborhoods. That was the fact. That's the way it was. And this, so, is, in, this is in New Jersey as well. This is in New Jersey. Yep. South Jersey, Pennsylvania. Mm. Um, when they would send me out on jobs, they would send me to black neighborhoods because they didn't want me representing the company. The only reason I was hired, because at this point, the government is stepping in and saying that you have to start hiring minorities. You have to start hiring women. You can't just hire who you want anymore. So um, that was starting to become prevalent. And the thing is that when you're talking about 1968, now all the civil rights movements are really started. Um, The first one I experienced was the Million Man March. Uh, I really don't remember the year. You probably could Google it and get it right away. But I think I was either late in high school or early military or whatever. But I remember that you got a thousand black people, I mean a million black people, and there was a million, in one place at one time. Now, they got their point across. They got things just to show you how racist America is. They got their point across. They did. And they got things accomplished. They were peaceful. There was no... Because this is Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King was 
about peace. I liked the different groups for the way they talk, but this was about peace. Yet you can't put that many people together and not have somebody act up. It's just somebody gonna make your ass look bad. You can't even you can't even have a house party with like thirty people. <laughs> yes, there you go. Okay. And the only ones you saw on the news were them. So when racist America would see this on the news, it would look like there was a million black people going crazy in DC. And it you know, this is what they do to us. They try to put us in a group that, you know, we are below them. We are less significant in this world. And you got to remember, this country was built on the backs of black people and Spanish people and, and people that come here from from other countries. We built it. I, I mean, mean it's just no matter how you look at it, you know. Um, so the one thing that you must understand, though, through us all, the strong will survive. And if you can go through, even though we're still struggling, if you can go through what we've been through, and as long as we've been through it, yeah, we're going to come out on top. And you know what's funny about that? And this is leading up to what I want to talk about next. But before we get to it, I was listening today. As a matter of fact, I was on my way home this morning. And I think Kirk Franklin was on the radio, one of the radio stations that I listened to. And one of the things that he actually mentioned was how strong we are as people to where, you know, we endured slavery, we endured segregation, and you didn't see people, you know, you don't hear people like killing themselves or no. anything like that. And I found that so interesting. And that's the first time I ever heard something like that. And it was, it really hit me. And it really, it really, it really, really hit me because I never, never thought of that. Like, as much as the struggle that our people have went through in the past and everything that we've been through. I mean, people were getting lynched and sprayed with fire hoses and even slavery in general, the slave trade. In the 70s. And that's not that long ago. a black man in Texas and tied him to, to the, a back, of the back of a truck. truck and drug his ass till he was nothing but bones. You know, it's just... But that's not America. That's racist America. That's the... There's... When you look at the whole picture, it ain't that many of them. But what they do gets the most attention. Majority of Americans, they don't feel like this shit. And it's the junk already white, black, green, blue. They don't feel like this. And you see that you see that in the protests as well. You see a lot of different a lot of different races coming out now. You see people in Berlin and France and everything protesting, so what they are looking at is someone who all this may look like it's just kind of crazy and the way it's going, but you have a president who is trying to take advantage of this situation. And this man in his mind wants to be a dictator. He wants to be a ruler. That's what the thing about with the pepper spray and moving the people out so he can walk down the middle of a little walkway to go to a church to take a picture with a, of a Bible that his ass don't even open. Okay, he couldn't tell you nothing about that Bible if his life depended on it. There was a there was a um another quote. I don't mean to keep cutting you off, but you're every, not. Every, everything you're saying it's is just dialogue. I love it, man. This fits like a puzzle. Um, oh, he said um there was a there was an interview one time where they asked him what was his favorite verse in the Bible, 
and he was like, you know what? That's that's a per that, that's too personal. I'm gonna keep yeah. that to myself. And you know what that means? Yeah, you don't, don't know. know. You don't know you know nothing. He's a con man. He's got an answer for everything. So no matter what you ask him, but uh, you know, like getting back to the way this is going now, this isn't even close to started. You know, it, it's every so often in history, someone back gets pinned against the wall to where they can't express their views. They can't enforce their views on other people because the other people have a mass too big. You can go back to the 60s when I was coming up, um, people realize that we're the most important and we're the most valuable asset of the country. Not the leaders. They're not building cars or houses or picking up your trash. Their asses are sitting in D.C. pointing their fingers and getting rich off of us for nothing. All right? But the thing here is people back then would stick together to sacrifice for a common goal. He was white, he was black, whatever. The company mistreated his people. They all would go out on strike. And that's what's happening right here. But they would all, the whole country would just shut down. All right? And then they get what they want, and they realize how valuable, how valuable they were. That was unions. Unions started making it so that you had a voice, just like, like the, the athletes that one time didn't get no money. Now they get the money because we're the ones that make the money for you. Well, it's the same thing in life. And what happened in life was at one time, white America was making all the money and black America was just surviving. And we were. You know, it's like you picked up trash or you cleaned homes or you drove a truck. Uh, you didn't work in offices or food, giving out food to people. That's the way America was. They didn't give you that that right. Uh, all of a sudden, in the 60s, where it comes, where you have to hire people, you have to do this, you have to do that. And then they get to a point where all of a sudden, when me and them three white guys go to get a job, the government tells them, you got to hire him. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, they mad. Yeah. Hey, man. You know, that's not right. How you going to just say he? you going to hire him because he's black? Well, we've been hiring you because you was white all them years. And they make themselves, like, feel like they're a minority. Like Yes. It's just like... You know, and it's like, how does it feel? You're walking in my shoes. I, I've been going through this all my life. I listen to these people that I worked with, with, uh, with their little... Like, right now, even about this, um, they're trying to say that... Uh, you know, why loot? Why steal? Well, yeah, why? But no matter how you look at it, when we try to be nice in them last few cases, did you get any attention? You no could sense. ask anybody nope. on the street. I put this on my Facebook. You could ask anybody on the street right now. Them three people that you named before Floyd, or the people before, and just ask what city did they die in? And I bet you neither one of them could. Most people cannot tell you. Ask them what city Floyd died in. I bet you they all know. Yep. See? Yep. Now we bark loud enough for them to listen. 
and it's happening all over the country. And that's what's making it strong. All right? As far as the looting and all, they know that's not the peaceful protesters. That, that's, that's there. But this is the way they've done it throughout history, in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. Every time we take a step as minorities in this country, white America tries to push you back. All right? We had a black president. Yep. Now, and all of a sudden, you got a white president that wants to try and erase him from history. You know, and it's like, shit, we elected that man twice. <laughs> yeah, he's not going you know, nowhere. That's so, still my president. So, you know, still yeah, my president. everything that you're profiting on as far as the economy, and, and that's, that's because of Obama. That's, he can't name you one program that he done to help black. He said, oh, he's black golfed. people done their best under my administration. No, no. no. It's just name residual. Name one program that you did that got us better. <laughs> I can't even name a program that he's done in general. Well, this is what I'm saying. And he is what the past was. Uh, you you can go back to pres- uh, what Reagan used to call them welfare queens. Now, who do you think he's talking about? Yep. You know, you can go back to Eisenhower. All right, a lot of these guys were good presidents, but these people were racist. They lived at a racist time. It was segregated. When I came up, my town was completely black. We had one Italian guy there, and he came from Italy <laughs> and lived there. It yep. isn't like he moved from downtown somewhere. Yeah. All right? Every person in that town was black. You know, yep. That was segregation. And then you told you used to tell me how um, if someone rolled through there, for for example, like a, white oh, yeah. people used to yeah. try to roll through there, yeah. and they used to tell y'all what, stay in the house and all that, <laughs> and go no. get to work. No, they came through one time, just one time, one time in history. And mm. all of them didn't leave. And this wasn't me. I was yeah. a kid. These yeah. were the elders back then. And back then, uh, black people had to survive. Most people didn't even work. They hustled. Black people hustled. Yeah. Did numbers, gambled. Um, anything illegal. I mean, it just was no jobs for you. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's never stopped and... In my opinion, I think the only way it can change is just through generations. And I think that's what we're starting to see now. Um, the resid- the residual effect of like the, the younger generations are getting older. I, my generation doesn't have that type of hate. Like I grew up around and now, honestly, and before I say this, now I see a lot of people's true colors as far as like who I grew up with. Oh, yeah. But I, I grew up in a pretty diverse environment. And where a lot of those people are the people I see at the protests and you and were stuff never like taught that. hate. Never. 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 You never heard me use ethnic terms. Have you never heard me say any type of ethnic terms about white, black, Hispanics, nothing else. If I say black, you're black. I don't use the N word. I don't do none of that. I didn't teach that to you guys. I'm not saying use can or won't do it because I want you to be your own man. All right, so we just had to take a short intermission because someone in the house decided to take a bird bath. But while we were <laughs> while we were talking, um, my dad mentioned how um, Floyd was basically lynched. Can you just touch on that a bit more? Yeah, it's when you go back into the early 1900s, late 1800s, um, lynching was the norm, and the way they did that was. What everybody knows, take a rope, throw it over a tree, put one end around your neck, the other one around a horse. You did. 
they'd hang you. And then they would leave you there so people could see you. All right? That was the lynching. Yeah. Um, that was common practice. And that's one of the things that I actually saw while I was out in D.C. Um, at the Afri- uh, the Black Black History Museum, I think. I don't know the, the formal term for it. But I was there, and I really enjoyed it. And one of the roughest, roughest parts of the museum, and they this is graphic. Like, they showed everything was videos of, not videos, but, like, different pictures of people being lynched and different things like that. And, and that is how much disrespect for a person of color they had. It, it, you were less than human. You didn't have rights to vote. You didn't, you know, there were certain parts of town you couldn't be in after dark. I mean, it was like you wasn't even really a citizen. And as you go through time, you know, that, they'd lynch you with a rope. And in the 60s, they used to drag you behind trucks, um, beat you to death, just beat you to death. All right, no more ropes. But that was the lynching, no difference. And they would leave you there so people could see you. Um, Texas, when they drug that dude behind that pickup truck till he was nothing but bones, and what they do, leave him there so people could see you. Uh, you keep going through history, this is what you see. When this man had his knee on Floyd's neck, on video, in front that was of for nine minutes, and he looked around at everybody. And looked down and just put his hands in his pocket and act like he was just sitting there waiting for a bus. Well, that's for people to see. That's a lynching, all right? It's just a different way of doing it. But he lynched him, all right? So we in this country, as people of color, and everybody who are is with us that call themselves white, okay? There's plenty of them. Uh, we're going to have to realize that if we don't stop this, nobody will. Government's not going to stop this. It's just not. It's just, I don't care how you look at it. The government's not going to stop it. You're absolutely right. And we're rising up. And another thing that we wanted to talk about is basically how we're making our voices heard in my day and age is through the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, that's what we're basically protesting. Um, that's really what everyone goes under. Now, back in your day, it was very, very different, and and there were different groups. I mean, you had the Black Panthers. Uh, you know, you're gonna name uh, a few more. Oh, you had Black Panthers. You had Move. Um, then you had leaders, you know, Stokely Carmichael, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King. Um, you go down these different guys, and they all had different approaches, you know, as to how to get results or a better way of living. So how can you take the most prominent groups, because I'm sure there were many, so just for time's sake, how can we take the most prominent groups and compare them to how we're doing things today? Okay. What we're doing right now throughout this country, and I'm taking away the outside influences that's doing the looting and the robbing, that's an agenda. That is another agenda. Believe me, that really is. Um, But... That is what you would see from Martin Luther King. Now, trust me when I tell you, it's the looting and it's the rioting that's getting the most attention. All right? That's what they're showing. This is when people see this, 
They think that entire, throughout this whole country, every protester is doing what they're saying because that's all the news really is going to show. That's what gets people excited, so to speak, when it's a very small part, okay? But that would be like uh, the Panthers and the boys. Um, Malcolm X and then they, they was eye for an eye. You know, you want to shoot at me, I'm going to shoot back. You know, so their agenda was, we'll fight you. And just like you see these uh, protest groups, you know, the, the, the racists, when they show up to the little rallies with the automatic weapons, that's the way that them boys came. When they showed up, they showed up with automatic weapons. All right. That was their approach to it. Each dog had to bark a different way. But in the end... All of them got killed, and that's and that's and all that, of them. And can and it's funny you say that because, well, that's not funny, but it's just funny that you say that. I know what you mean. Um, is that because you think that'd be the reason why we don't have many like prominent leaders like we do now? Like we don't have a Malcolm X. We don't really have a no, Martin Luther King. No, we we kind of got over a little bit, you know, where you had. Uh, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Stokely Carmichael. You can go down the whole list of all the different groups and what they stood for and what they were, they were all trying to achieve. All of a sudden now, um, I can move out to black neighborhood and buy a house across town because the government says that you can no longer not sell me that home because of my race or my color or my religion. So now uh, the people that were doing half good that lived in the black neighborhoods were moving out, give your kid a better school, better environment. That's what they were seeing because they still, they come from poverty. You're talking about somebody that lives, say, in the inner city that runs into some money, you think they're going to stay and live in the inner city? No. No, well, it was the same thing. We're making a little bit of money now, and the government said they had to give me a job, so I'm making some money now, and I can buy that house over there. And through time, and it takes time, it doesn't take one or two years, it takes maybe one or two, three generations, the majority of the people that would have the money have moved out. The people that stay are the people that's poor. That's why the inner cities is mostly poor. The people with the money got out of town. The poor stays there. So the property value goes down. Uh, the people that go there, you know, they, they work hard. They struggle. So now all of a sudden you're out in here. Now when um, somebody gets killed in Atlanta, uh, this brother over here all of a sudden don't want to sacrifice no more like he did when he didn't have nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. That's why we don't have it. Because we all stepped up, and they don't want to put that on the line. It's like I got mine. We all need to be in this together because oh, we was in nine one one together. Remember, mm -hmm. until everything got back to normal, and then screw you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're talking about all these people that are essential now. Uh, let them find a cure, and you'll find how essential they they'd be back to spitting in the bus driver's face. You know, there's no type of respect for just humanity. You know, we're our own worst enemy. Yep. You know, and when I say we, I'm talking about the human species, not the black, not the white or whatever. All right. All the money 
we know what race that's in. We know it on the high level. Okay, hey, you got it, you got it. I ain't one of those guys, you owe me 30 acres and a mule. All I ask for is an opportunity, an equal opportunity, all right? And you won't even give me that. Mm-hmm. So, no, we had guys back then that would die for the cause. And, and they, they did. did. Yep. And they, they did. did, you know? And it wasn't like any different than kneeling on Floyd's neck. They went in these people's homes and shot them. And I don't mean like once. Oh, my God. It's a wonder the houses didn't fall down. Burn houses down. That was moved. They dropped a bomb. on the. I'm sitting right there looking at that on TV. Um, They wouldn't come out. They dropped a bomb. A whole city block went up. That's how much respect it is in this country for people of color. And and do you think that this approach that we have as far as coming together as opposed to, ha- well, and yeah, well, you're always going to win with numbers, but do you think the approach as far as like us not having those like leaders that are willing to die for the cause, but having just the sheer number, do you think that approach yes. could end the same, get the same result? Yes. Because they had numbers too, though, back then as well. I'm not, but. Yeah, but see, we had numbers behind a leader. If you saw a group coming, it was, Excuse me, Martin Luther King, you know, they were doing a march or it was the Panthers or it was Move or it it was always someone you know behind that movement. Name one. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying there aren't leaders because every organization, when you have these protests, there's leaders in there that's involved that keeps this thing working the way it's supposed to. All right? But what I mean is, we're coming together as people. We're not rallying around uh, any particular individual, not rallying behind uh, any leader. We're rallying as people. And that's the first time in history that that's been done. And that's why, like I say, these people's backs are against the wall now. Because... And what do those, what do, what do those people got to do? Huh? Would you say when we were off uh, recording, we say what happens now? No, that their oh, back is yeah, the back, they, they, they got really, to go to jail. Their backs are against the wall. These guys got to go to jail. These people have to pay the price that is due them, not as an example, as what is due Reserved. you for what you did wrong. Because if you think what they did now is is that that's nothing, if. The Watts riots, when the boys got off for beating Rodney King damn near to death, that would be like a cookout. Because if these guys walk with the damage they're doing now, imagine what this country's going to look like. It's over. Now, I'm not promoting it. I'm not condoning it. But it is what it is. You know, but people tired. We've had enough. You know, Um, at what point do we just, you know, nobody's asking for yours. Nobody's asking them to give up anything. Just treat us like eagles. Give us ours. That's all. Much, yeah. <laughs> you know, That's it. Like I said, I'm no 40 acres and a mule. They don't know me nothing for slavery. I was born three, 400 years after slavery. All right? I'm not saying it was right. But at this point, if you want to do something to... Uh, Make reward up for me for the effort that my ancestors put in. Just give, give me us equal ours. rights. That's all. 
God, it and when be so I get easy. there, treat me like a man. Treat me like a human being. Don't treat me like um, affirmative action got me there. I got here on my skills. <laughs> you know, I put my time in. I paid my dues. But we, as as black people in America, are we just marginalized. We're grouped and stereotyped, and we're lazy and bums. Uh, I remember first time guy on the when I was over at AC where I just left. Uh, I had a picture of the house. We did something. He looked at that house. That's your house. Yeah, and <laughs> we, yeah. I know a whole bunch of people got houses like that, but he thinks you're living in the poorest part of the neighborhood. In the run down this house with roaches running up your wall, just strictly because you're black, and that's the way white America thinks you. That's how they think you live. And we ain't got no bugs. No nope. shit. You know, it's like I worked hard, and you guys worked just as hard because you learned from me and your mom. All right, that means we want to go forward. We're not going to go backwards. You're going to put in all this time and you think that you're going to take it away from me because you got some redneck racist president sitting up there saying it's okay for you to show your colors? Well, you know, this is what the one guy says when he it was a newscast where, you know, I got an AK-57 that says I say I'm right. And it's like, well, yours go bang, bang. Ours go boom, boom. So bring it on. You know, you want to have a civil war, who are you going to fight? Yep. Come on. Yeah, they're just a bunch of sissies, man. Yep. <clears throat> you don't need that to, you know, you don't have to instill fear in me because I'm going to vote. I don't give a shit. Yep. You know, I really am. But yeah, the 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 good thing about now is people are rallying as a group, not around a leader, but around a incident. Yep. Yeah. This was like, like you said, the camel that broke the straws. That's the straw backwards. that broke, straw that broke the camel's back. The straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, you know, so now we got to that point where we don't want to do it no more. And when you look out there, you don't see all black people. You see everybody, you know, and that's the way they want to live. And if they stay like this, if they stay organized like this, the looting and all that, that'll go away because they already know that people are on to them yeah. as far as you're not part of the protesters. We know that. All right. That's already proven. Every one of y'all get locked up is from out of town. You come in here and they can tell they're part of groups because they, the FBI or whoever it is, they watch all these people. So they know what that is, but voices is heard. Um, they have no choice now, but to, to they got to follow through, man. They got no choice. Yeah, no, they, like you said, they got to go to jail. They have to. <laughs> I couldn't imagine what could happen if if these, if out of every single time we've been let down, and I can really at this point remember every single one of them to the point where you're not even surprised anymore. Like I was Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman, and I was let down. But at this point now, <laughs> it's just like you really don't you really don't expect there to be justice because there never is. All right. And imagine how I felt behind the same thing. You've been seeing it for 25 years. I've been seeing it for 74. Yep. Okay? Um, I've seen a lot of Zimmerman's walk. Okay? And not even um, 
not even really a trial. It was just, they just met and said, okay, now boom, okay, not guilty, gone. You know, they give you no respect. It's time for us as Americans, white, black, no matter what you are, as Americans to really rise up and, and stick together and get rid of all these people that are trying to dominate and take over this I don't know how they even think they're going to, you can't. And ain't enough of them. So. Yeah. No, you're right. So, as Americans, um, outside of uh, protesting, you know, I, I urge people, um, you know, to get out and get their voice heard. Protest, if you will. But there's other ways we can help as well. And you can do this from the comfort of your own home. Um, I've posted on my social medias, um, on Twitter and Instagram, ways that you can help um, by donating. Um if you can't donate, you can sign petitions. Um, and if, you know, if you want to protest, like I said, get out and protest. But one thing that we must, must do, and the one thing that is probably, <clears throat> that will probably have the biggest effect as far as stopping situations like this, getting people brought to justice, is to actually get out and vote and do your research and not just vote for a president um, but vote for, you know, your mayors, your senators, your even your you public, got, your attorneys or whatever it's called, your DAs. You got, you got to educate yourself. Yep. And, and I mean, I don't mean you have to be into politics. You don't have to take classes. But uh, if you have a ballot coming up, get that ballot, get a copy of it, see who the people are on it. Now, when you look at this, you want to vote for people that have your interests. Now, chances are we know how we're voting. But if you have a mayor in your town and you don't like the way he does things, well, you got a chance to change that. But you got to educate yourself and you got to just talk to people. Because, you know, for instance, if, if Biden is running against Trump and you just vote presidential, okay, Look at this case here with Floyd. There's no precedent involved with this. These are all elected officials, elected officials that are elected to government by the people in their states. Ellison is elected to run the, the, the law enforcement in that state. If you don't like what he's doing, this is where... You have a, uh, you can change it, but you got to educate yourself and know what you're talking about. When you get in there, you got to vote. Now, and I, I'm top to bottom, all right, and everybody knows which way I go. But I would never say vote Democrat or Republican. But if you vote in your heart, as a normal human being, <laughs> it ain't but one way to vote. You know it, and I'm telling you. And remember that your local officials have more of an impact on your life than the president or your senator or your congressman. So you can't just vote for the president and a couple senators and then let it go. You got to vote from top to bottom. So find out who's good for you. I mean, you may find a Republican uh, fire marshal that's been doing the best job you could possibly imagine. So vote for him. You know, but if you don't educate yourself, you know, that don't help. And if you don't vote, 
That's just like voting for the other person. <laughs> it's yep. the same thing. And whether you believe it or not, it is. You gotta vote. You have to vote. Pass the word. If you ain't registered, register. You can you can mail it in. Come on. There's <laughs> no excuse. There's no. This excuse. is the most important time of your life. And believe me when I tell you, especially as if most young people are listening to this, the next four years, if Trump was president, could ruin the rest of your lifetime. All right? This is a man that don't care about you. If you're getting together as a group to honor the man that just got murdered and lynched, then make sure that don't happen to your kids. Vote. You got to vote. Yep. And on that note, <clears throat> we're just going to take it out here. Another great episode. Another one that's filled with gems. I feel it already. Um, thank you. Love you. Thank you for being on. Oh, over. yeah, man. I like it. And we hit on everything it. we wanted to, but it goes by so fast. It's just a deal. We'll do another one. Oh, yeah. We'll do plenty more. I got plenty, plenty of history, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Trust me. We talk all the time. So. On that note, I'm going to get on out of here. Um, like you said, edu educate yourselves, register to vote. I always post the link to register to vote in the um, details of the podcast. So if you haven't, go check it out. Simple. Um, I believe the deadline is coming up um, for the primaries. I think like maybe like June 16th. Don't take my word for it. Go educate yourself. Um, and that's what it is. I'll talk to you guys later. It's been a sessional day.